What is up, everybody? This is Brayden from Flint Mastering, and I am the host and content curator of the Mixing Music Podcast exclusive episodes. And today we have for you an exclusive archive, which means you're going to hear an exclusive episode that DK and I recorded almost a year ago. You're going to have the chance to hear what our exclusive episodes are all about and how much fun and learning goes on between me and DK as we discuss technical tips and important techniques in relation to producing music mixing, and mastering. If you enjoy this episode and you'd like to be a part of the exclusive content we provide twice a week, you can do so by heading over to mixingmusicpodcast.com forward slash exclusive. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. We appreciate you. And we couldn't do this podcast without you. I hope you enjoy this episode of the exclusive archives. And with that, happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. segment of the Mixing Music Podcast. I am your host, James Dean Mixes, and with me here today is a man who has a last name, and I forget that he has one sometimes, D.K. Waddell. That's true. That is how you say my last name, and uh, I don't really care for it much. I do think it's funny that like I have siblings. My brothers also married a Japanese woman. My... Yeah, so like me and my brother, we're turning Waddell into a Japanese name. Like, it's funny. There's like more and more Japanese people with the last name Waddell. We're just making sure that that (laughs) spreads across all of the world. Waddell is no longer a Scottish last name. It's just a Japanese. (laughs) (laughs) That's your drive to uh, repopulate the earth. Yeah, man. That's right. Japanese Waddell. Yeah, we are the Waddell clan. No, but for real, I, apparently the Waddell clan is like a real thing. Like my dad has like a proper, what is it, that Scottish um, kilt that he's like gotten from his grandpa or whatever. Like oh, traditional, snap. yeah, like there's like a whole thing apparently. Um, I don't know anything about it. Uh, I <laughs> I don't know. I found out that um, I have a friend, uh, one of my clients is like super Scottish and apparently like her mother taught her a lot about some like some old like Scottish the old Scottish language I forget what it's called off the top of my head um, as well as like some Celtic folklore and stuff and uh, cool yeah dude it's like uh, it's really interesting like even though my last name is super like Scottish I am uh, so Asian I am (laughs) so Asian I mean, I've told yeah, you before, you like internal Scottish. Yeah, I, I've told you before, like as far as like how my mind works, like my common sense. I feel more Japanese. Like when I talk to a therapist, I personally prefer a Japanese therapist. Interesting. Yeah, I, I have a hard time relating to an American therapist, or like, yeah, it's it's different. So like that's even that makes me being called Waddell even funnier. So like when I do credits online mm. and stuff, like I actually don't care if you credit me as DK or DK Waddell. In fact, I kind of prefer people just credit me as a mixer and just say DK. Spelled correctly, which is D-E-E space K-E-I. Yeah. I also exactly. think it's like a catchier name. It's cooler. No, it is. Yeah, I remembered it pretty quick. Um is your dad at all like Scottish? Like like did he act at all Scottish? No, or he just... he's like French. He was adopted. Oh, shit. So he's not even Scottish. It's just a family thing at this point. 
Yeah, it's just um, it's just like we are. He's a, he was adopted. I mean, we didn't even know he was French until he got his twenty three of me. Also, my dad's first name is D, and but his middle name is Keith, and my first name is D as well, and K is my middle name. But because my dad has always gone by D, I've always gone by D K. Huh. And that's why my son's name, my oldest son's name is D. Kaname, and he just goes by Kaname. Oh, I actually didn't know that. His first so name my dad goes by first D. name. My dad goes by his first name. I go by first and middle, and my son goes by his middle. Oh. So there's like no oh, cool. confusion. There you all go. Now we know more about DK's uh, lineage with his name. D is such uh, a perfect name, too, because it's like racially ambiguous. Yeah. If you hear the word D... It's not like Dakota, you know, it's like, oh, okay, this guy's from Colorado, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. Or you sit there for a second, like, wondering if they're going to set you up for, like, a D's nuts kind of thing. Oh, dude, I do that quite often. Classic. Yeah, I know, it is. Yeah, I mean, the, the easiest, the lowest hanging fruit is I tell people, like, hey, do you know what my first name is? And they, th- they only know me as DK, so they're like, uh, I don't know, actually, is, is did DK the initial this entire time? And I'm like, yeah, D. D's nuts. <laughs> That's like the... Never mind. I was about to do another uh, D's nuts thing. But we have to... Let's get into today's episode. Get to our, yeah, we'll get into our clip. Um, coming up is a clip by um, mixing engineer um, Ben Baptier. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, it's on a mix with the masters that he did talking about master bus saturation. Roll the clip. Ever one thing I ever do on Isotope Trash to put the thing into multiband, it's all about the top end. And I will always use tape saturation as the saturation type that I'm using. What I can do is I can really hone in on the very top end of the mix and give it the energy and the feeling that I I really do love. And especially with a song like this is, is a perfect example of this. Is it's It needs to feel so emotional from the very get-go, but you don't have loads of stuff to play with. and. That reaction that you can feel to the top end of a mix can really kind of enhance an emotional kind of response from the very get-go. Alrighty, alrighty. So as we saw, he used Isotope Trash, which is a plugin that I have not used before, but DK has. Um, and he used it in a way to kind of saturate the high end of the mix. Um, DK, what are your thoughts on what he did? So first off, I think Trash is... Uh, Trash 2 is the current edition right now. I think Trash is way, way awesome. Even myself, when I saw this clip, I was like, oh, you, you can't even buy it anymore. You can't? I just looked it up right now. Yeah, you can't even buy it. Oh, that's why I was confused. I was like, I I've never seen this. Oh, what? Yeah, it's not even for sale anymore. I wonder if they're going to make... A new version, but I still have it. And trash is awesome. I think it's like all it is is just like a, a futz box, like a distortion box. And uh it's fantastic. You get like hyper distortion, creative distortion. Um, but anyway, the point I, I think trash is awesome from Isotope, and I don't know why it's not being sold. I wonder if that's some sort of like uh foreshadowing into a new version, trash three coming out soon, mm. which would make sense. Um, but trash is awesome, but let's talk about tape saturation in the top end uh, mm-hmm. across the entire mix. I mean, it's used subtly. I think it's a great idea. Something similar that you can do similarly to that is Spectre from Waze Factory. Um, Spe- I use Spectre all the time. You see me use it. It's It looks like a additive EQ. It looks like a parametric EQ, but it's actually a... 
Um, it's actually a saturation tool, distortion tool, and oh, you can cool. add saturation to specific frequencies just like an EQ. So you're, you're not just adding frequencies, you're saturating the frequency that you're adding. So it's it's really cool. Anyway, um, first off, tape saturation, you got odd order harmonics in the top end, depending on how, I don't, I don't remember some, my guess for any sort of tape style saturation, it's either going to be really smooth there's also probably going to be, there's also a lot of tape style plugins, saturation plugins, where it, it harshens out the top, especially because it's selective. Hmm, I wonder, I don't know what's going to happen. He didn't show before and after, but let's just stick with the idea of boosting with saturation rather than an EQ. I'm a huge fan of that. Huge mm. fan of that. And the second idea, which is there's a lot of energy in the top end, for sure. For sure, there's a lot of energy in the top end when used when used correctly. Yeah, do you use like um, when you do saturate the master bus? Do you like uh, do you mix it in? You know how you could there sometimes have a mix knob of dry or wet. Some, or do you sometimes, one hundred percent. Sometimes, yeah. No, it totally depends. Yeah, sometimes I don't usually do spectre or any sort of frequency dependent saturation. I usually just do overall mm -hmm. saturation by the time I get to the mix bus. Yeah. Um but yeah, there's a Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think. There's I don't use trash and I don't use it on the top end and I I believe specifically personally that if I want to make the top end brighter, I wouldn't do it on the mix bus, I do it on the individual tracks or at least smaller subdivision of a bus, like the vocal bus mm -hmm. rather than the entire mix bus or just the instrumental bus at the very least. That being said, um, I, th I like the idea of boosting with saturation. I like the idea of utilizing top end correctly. I, the same two points that I said earlier. I forgot yeah. what your question was. Did I answer it? No, uh, in a sense, I guess, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, DK, you could correct me if I'm wrong on this, um, but another top end thing in terms of using tape saturation is my understanding is if you slow down the um, RPM, like do a 7.5 or something, that does more of taming the top end than boosting it. Is that correct? Yeah, so that changes the literal speed. So like in an analog domain, from what I understand, I don't have experience using tape. I'm too young for that, which is crazy because I'm not young. Um, it's just funny to think about. <laughs> uh, and... Um, yeah, that literally changes the speed of the tape head. The faster it goes, the more information you can cram into the tape because but you're using a lot more tape. And tape mm -hmm. is what was is fairly expensive. So, if you can get away with half the speed, you can save half the money on tape. Mm -hmm. But in it you have to put in a lot more information per millimeter of tape, right? So, yeah. you lose usually that first information that gets lost is the top end. Yeah. So yeah, it yeah, does. It does. Tame it. it does tame it because it there, there's less information um, able to be written at that speed on a tape machine. So yeah. Cool. And then something that I do um, in terms of saturating the master bus is there's two plugins that I kind of go back and forth between using. Um, either um, I use the BB tube a decent amount if it's like a more punchy kind of mix. Which one's um, the BB two again? Uh, is that what it's called? BB Tubes, the Waves one? 
Magma BB tubes. Oh, I see. Yeah, magma BB tubes. That's it. Yeah, I've used that a few times on the mix bus. I like that one. Yeah, I like that one. It's it's in my head. It kind of gives that kind of what's the word? Post Malone genre kind of shine to it. Um. What? Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. At least to me, that's like what I hear. Um. And uh, I also use um. Not both uh, in separate occasions. I I use the black box. That's on plugins alliance. Plugin alliance. Yeah. I like. I'll do some boasting of like the the diode and triode thing, and then I'll blend back the mix knob so it's not like fully there. Uh, well, so it doesn't make it too sharp or whatever. But yeah, it's it's fun. It's a fun thing to mess around on the master bus. Um, but it's something like everything you do to be careful with and not use too much of. Because it could be exciting to hear something get a lot louder and cool, but that could also cause things to be too harsh or or to not sound good or fall apart. So, yeah, it's always something to use with caution, um, but it can make your mix sound really cool, too. Yeah, I do. For me, personally, when I want to boost top end, I'm a huge fan of, like, a Baxendall EQ. You can get the Coral Bax EQ, like, on a mix bus. If you want to use boost some more top end, uh, Coral... Bax EQ is free from Acoustica. If you have Plugin Alliance, there's also the Dangerous Bax EQ that's included in any sort of, if you are a subscriber of it. Um, yeah, Bax and Doll EQ basically is a type of EQ with very broad high and low pass, uh, high shelf and low shelf uh, filters. It's very broad. So you can have it say that it's boosting 22K, but that broad high shelf is starting from like 800 hertz (laughs) so it's really smooth it's really smooth mog does a similar thing like their airband that's why it's like you have the reason why you want to boost like 40k on the mog eq isn't because anybody's hearing the 40k but if you're boosting 5 dbs at 40k what you're really doing is a really broad really subtle thing where you're hearing the brightness a little bit earlier and you're like you're changing like from 5k and up so Hmm. like that shelf starts around 5 to 10 i don't know what frequency specifically off the top of my head but you go high up so you're doing half half the amount of it's more subtle it's smoother so really it's 10 dbs at 40k you're boosting 10 dbs at 40k but like by the time it gets down to 20 dBs, when you're like, when some people can start, and most people can hear it at like 15K, it's like it's already down to like 4 dBs hmm. because of that smooth shelf, right? So it, it's just really easy to get in the perfect amount. And because you're boosting the entire listenable frequency range, it's just a really smooth frequency. Uh, it's a really smooth type of EQ. And in order to do that with a plugin, it's through Oprah sampling. We won't get into it. Um, but yeah, Baxendall EQ, uh, Coral is free or like a Mog type thing. If you use any sort of like Amex style EQ or like the Precision EQ from Universal Audio or the any sort of um amic style eq there's a bunch of them on plugin alliance like for example i've been using like the nif the son the sonoma from nif audio um what you do on the top end the fifth band any sort of like even the spl pq you go to the top band to like usually it's like 27 or 26 kilohertz don't do shelf mode put it on 0.4 q and you boost a couple dbs that's also typically a very smooth style of top end db top end eq as well 
Awesome. But that's yeah, like boosting those... it, where in, in the video, he's talking about saturating it, which is a totally different yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. But again, it's like, yeah, it helps with the top end of the mix. Um, awesome. I think on that note, we'll end things. Thank you all for listening. Feel free to check us out on YouTube, Twitch. Give DK's website a check. Uh, DKmixes.com slash videos. And um, he also has, um, I don't know if we plugged this for a while, but he has really cool video courses that he's done on there that I did back in the day, and they were super helpful. You did? Uh, so go and check that out. Yeah, Holy no, shit. I actually did, I, yeah. I still get, like, some income from that, like, very, very little, but I still get a few customers from that here and there. Yeah, they're helpful. They have stems that, like, you could practice on. It's really cool. Maybe I should do uh, more. To, Maybe I should do more. Yeah. No, yeah, you should. Um, feel free to check that out. Check out the Mixing Music Podcast, uh, mixingmusicpodcast.com slash sponsors. Uh, you can get some good discounts on different websites over there. And until next time, I am James Dean Mixes. DK, sign us out. Happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. Mixing Music Podcast is proud to say that we have a lot of free resources outside of the actual podcast. Visit mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash links to find access to our free PDFs and free resources.